Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Christ Church Medicine, a community coming home to Jesus and His Church. For more information about us, visit ChristChurchMedicine.com. Well, good morning. I'm very grateful to um, be here with you. Um, um, it's really crazy to think that we're all gathered together like in my living room in Pennsylvania with my family and then to be with you. Um, so it's really cool. Um, this morning we read in John 1, 14 and 16, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. And I'm hoping to just bring these texts together this morning. There's so much richness here, and there's only so much that we can speak to, uh, but there's a mine uh, of goodness here. But this morning, I just want us to meditate on the Incarnation. Um, Christmas is that time when, when we remember that God has come near to us, come near to us in the Incarnation. And as crazy as it is for, for, for us thinking about that, we who have been Christians a long time, think about what that must seem like to those who are non-believers those who maybe have only heard of Christ for the first time, that God, in fact, became human, that he became human flesh for us. And this morning, I want us just to reflect upon the grace and truth and the grace upon grace that is offered to us in the incarnation of Christ. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like never more have we needed such a grace and truth and a grace upon grace than this time of COVID, this darkness, this dark season of the years, there's seasonal depression. We all have all sorts of things that we're dealing with. So please pray with me um, and pray for me, if you would. Father, we thank you so much that you have gathered us together here over Zoom. We thank you for this technology, Lord. And we pray now that by your Holy Spirit, you would open your word to us, Lord. Make your grace and truth in Christ known to us. Lord, pour out your mercy, pour out your grace upon grace, overwhelm us with your love and your mercy and the truth of your gospel, this incarnation um, of you, Lord. Um, you make a home in our hearts, Lord, for all who would welcome you. Lord, make the incarnation real. Lord, help us to experience it, as Bernard says, to make it not just a promise, but a reality to us this morning. And so, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Give us your grace. Help us, Lord, now we pray. In the, in the name of Jesus, amen. Um, so the Christmas story is the story of God entering our creation, the, this wearied world that has been darkened by sin. Um, it is no surprise that John in John chapter one gives language of, of Genesis of the creation and then joins that with the reality of the incarnation. That, that same word, that same divine word that God spoke into uh, all creation into existence is that same word that continues to speak today, but that spoke his own self into created human existence. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Bernard says in our reading this morning that the goodness and humanity of God, our Savior, have appeared in our midst. He's come among us. And just as God's creative Word was whispered over the womb of a dark and formless world, God has continued to whisper his creative Word, and he did so over the womb of a woman over Mary's womb, and he entered her darkness, and he entered her sin-battered world. Paul gets at this in our Galatians reading this morning when he says, in the fullness of time, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born of woman, 
Christ, the Word of God, entered Mary's particular darkness. Yes, he entered history, human history, but he entered Mary's particular darkness, the darkness of her nation's history. Think of her history ravaged by tyrant kings, religious and political divisions, the darkness of her family. Think about how the Christmas story is one of a testing of the Holy Family. There's constant fear. There's constant flight. They're in flight mode all the time, responding without respite to one threat after the next, receiving a word and then leaving, going, fleeing, Egypt, back again, right? Darkness of her own frail human frame. Think of the inner questions, the unknowns, the anxiety, the weight that she carried. Remember, Mary herself consented to receive Christ in her womb, even after the angel had said, a sword will pierce your own soul also. She consented to the coming of Christ in the midst of what she knew would be an eventual suffering that she did not and could not understand. God's word of salvation has always been whispered in dark places, in times, into the lives of frail and wearied people. And that's us. God's word has always been near, but the lines in the shape of the incarnation of Christ have not always been fully seen. God, uh, Bernard gets at this uh, in, in our reading this morning. He says, before the Son of God became human, his goodness was hidden. Well, that's the particular goodness of the incarnation, but not God's goodness in general. We've known his goodness. Each one of us, we've known his goodness even now. Um, hidden in the goodness of creation, God, God's word continues to speak to us. Bernard says he has pitched his tent in the sun so that even the dimmest eyes see him. I know during COVID, I've been out um, in nature more. Maybe you've been out in nature more, but think about that. Think about how you've maybe heard the whisper of God's word in the peace of nature, in the calm. Have you experienced integration and rightness? That's the gift of God's word that he's given to us, that he continues to speak to us. John, in his, in his gospel, says that basically that God's world is a living echo of God's creative word. His word continues to echo. Bernard also told us that it's been hidden in the law and the prophets. Bernard says, often in many ways, the Lord um, used to speak through the prophets. Paul says in Galatians 3, 24, the law was our guardian or our teacher until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. The prophets spoke of what they did not fully see or comprehend. The word of God remained hidden even for them. In Isaiah 61, verse 11, it says this, For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as the garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. But God's creative word has also been hidden by a deplorable word, for those of you who guys have read Narnia. It's a deplorable word that's spoken over Narnia, where it's always winter and never Christmas. Um, a kind of de-creative word, a word that erodes the goodness of God's creation. When that grace and truth of God's goodness can be obscured through the, the experience that we have of the brokenness of our world, the brokenness of our world through sin. Paul actually talks about this in Galatians 4, verse 3. He says, in the same way, we also, when we were children, and here he means spiritually immature, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. So as much as God's word 
continues to echo in his creation. The creation bears the marks and mars of sin. And put simply, there's a lot here to the elementary principles of the world, but basically this phrase means that um, it's, these are the basic elements of creation. This is the, the dark spiritual personalities and powers of the world that can attempt to thwart God's created goodness. This is the deplorable word. It could suggest the randomness, the seeming randomness and chaos of our world, the, the entropy, the byproduct of sin. And it's in that place that we can see coronavirus has been a reality for us. Coronavirus has been a kind of deplorable word, has been an elementary principle, right, that's exposed the vestiges, the, the, the remnants of sin and darkness in our world and in our own heart. Think of just as the word entered uh, Mary's world. Think of the darkness of our own nation. Think of the death, the unhealth, the social and political divisions, the economic downturn. Think of the darkness of our family. Just as Christ entered the darkness of the, of the Holy Family, he enters the darkness of our family and our friendships. Think of, of your family, my family, that are the fabric of our relationships put to the test. Think of the darkness of our own frail human frame. Perhaps you have seen, like I have, parts of yourself that are unlovely, that might, you might be ashamed of. Um, I've seen parts of my own self that, that COVID has brought out of me um, that I expected and didn't expect, I guess. Um, I've seen parts of my own heart that have been exposed, that have embarrassed me in my pride. Um, I've been impatient. I've grown frustrated. I've had new kinds of anxieties and fears. Just when I thought I had more time, I found that, in fact, I didn't always remember God. And I didn't always make time for him over the season. Um, and so we have an opportunity to think now about what this means for us, how Christ enters this state. Because, friends, grace upon grace is what we need, right? The grace and truth of God that is promised in the incarnation and the grace upon grace, the super abundant grace is what we need to hear. Coronavirus has had some temporal influence over us. There is no denying that. There's no question about that. And I don't believe that we need to hide our frailties or our struggles. They are real. They were real for Mary. They were real for Joseph. They were real for Jesus. But in our dark times, it's easy to let the deplorable word hide or obscure God's divine word and our true identity in Christ. And I think this is really important because God wants to come near to us as he has in Christ. Coronavirus does not have power over us. And as Paul says, we are not enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. We are not enslaved to the besetting sins that have crept, crept up in our hearts during coronavirus. Whatever chaos and darkness COVID has revealed in us, the incarnation is God's light and life that shines in our darkness. And we need that word, that creative word, to come and reveal again our true identity in Christ. That is the grace, the overflowing grace upon grace that we need to hear. And so if you look in Galatians chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, we are the owners of everything. And isn't that true? We are the heirs of all things because we have been joined to Christ in his sonship. In Galatians 3, 26 and 27, Paul says this, and this is profound, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons and daughters of God. You are all sons of God through faith, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ 
have put on Christ. He says in chapter 4, verse 6, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave. You're no longer a slave to your sin. You're no longer a slave to an abuse of the law. You're no longer a slave to the elementary principles of the world. But you're a son and a daughter. And if a son and a daughter, then an heir. You're an inheritor through God. There's a whole theology of baptism and union with God in Christ here that we just cannot explore. It's profound, it's rich, it's deep. But I want us to just meditate on this new grace and truth of the incarnation that's been promised to us in Christ, where Christ has joined, and this is so important, friends, divinity to humanity, and humanity to divinity, in a way that God's goodness has been offered to the overflowing Bernard says that when God reveals his humanity, his goodness cannot possibly remain hidden, no matter what. To show his kindness, what more could he do beyond taking my human form, my humanity, he says. Not Adam's sinless humanity, but our humanity, our broken, beat-up, bedraggled, cheese-falling-off-your-cracker, nod to Brennan Manning, humanity. Right? Christ didn't come to be to a perfect, sinless humanity. He didn't come so that when you would get your act together and I would get my act together and we would be perfect. No, it's not that. He came to our coronavirus self. He came to our messed up self. And in a way that Isaiah, the prophet, could not fully anticipate, he speaks this truth some 700 years before Christ. Look at 61.10 of Isaiah. He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God. Why? For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Isaiah could not anticipate that God would not just clothe us with some alien righteousness of God, but that he would, give, he would clothe himself in our own flesh and that he would then clothe us in his divine nature. And this is something that Isaiah cannot keep silent about. He says in 62.1, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet. This is Zion and Jerusalem. That's the church for us. Why? Until her righteousness goes forth as brightness, as light, and her salvation as a burning torch. Christ came to give us, you and me, life and light to transform us to be like his own divine character and self. He must always come and illuminate the places of darkness in our lives so that he can flood them with his grace. The darkness of our hearts are not opportunities to hide from God, but an opportunity to welcome him anew into our hearts, to receive that overflowing grace upon grace. And in turn, we participate in the divine light and life of God. Isaiah says this, and this is where I'll close, 62 verses 2 and 3. He says, the nations, Isaiah says this to Israel, and he says this to us, the nations that day shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. That is the crown of beauty. It's the Lord Jesus, it's his nature, it's his own self-offering given, united to us, and us to him. 
Friends, Christ has joined himself to us and us to himself. Our home is the divine heart of the Father. If you read at the end of John, it says he came from the Father's side. He came from the heart of the Father, the bosom of the Father. Let us ask the Holy Spirit of Christ to make that overflowing goodness and grace of God no longer hidden in the places of darkness in our experience, but manifest. I pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us more and more of who we actually are, not the lies and the falsehood that's spoken deplorable words over you and over every one of us who've ever received a deplorable word to degrade the truth and the goodness and grace of God in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray that this morning that you would make your love and your, and your presence and nearness manifest to each one of us. I pray that you would minister by your Holy Spirit the truth of your gospel, the truth and grace of, of your nature, Lord, who has, you've given yourself to us. And you, Lord, you've transformed us and you're continually transforming us. Help us to open ourselves to you afresh this morning. Lord, may we come to see the profound truth of the incarnation, Lord, that you are nearer to us than we could ever imagine. So, Lord, make that truth known to each one, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.